Hello and welcome. Um, I have the fantastic Claire with me today, Claire Boss. Um, I'm hoping pronouncing it right, but she can totally pull me up on that um, when, when we get into it. Um, so just to touch on Claire and, and, and where she is. So she's awarded number three top global customer service gurus. She's three decades of expertise. Claire is an authority in the customer experience industry. She's author of four books with a number one bestseller in 2020, Thrive with the Hive, Thriving by Caring, The Secret of a Mystery Shopper, which I'm really excited to delve into, um, and launching in February 2022. So we're in March now. Um, Biz Shu, um, Shui, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but again, uh, Claire can pull me up on that. Um, nine keys to feng shui in your business for success. She's an international media influencer and her work has been published in Brazil, the Philippines, India and US. Um, she's spoken over 20 countries. And if you haven't checked this woman out as a keynote speaker, her energy is contagious. So I've watched a couple of her videos and boy, does she bring the energy to stage. So if you haven't watched them, definitely check them out. Um, she shared the stage with a lot of customer experience celebrities, such as Ron Hoffman, um, Kaufman, which we all know, Shep Hyken, um, and she's the winner of the Institute of Director Award. She's also former director on the board of BAG and MSPA. Um, she brings a very different and holistic approach to customer experience, which I personally haven't seen before in her biz sway method, um, creating flow in businesses by integrating the blend of the traditional feng shui and principles of modern and personal business. So this is something I'm really interested in again, because I haven't seen it in the market, especially over here in Ireland. Um, so I'm super excited to delve into this a little bit. So thank you so much, Claire, for joining me this morning. It's an early morning and I'm super Super excited to get you on and to talk about, I suppose, customer experience and what that looks like and um, a little bit about your books. You have so much experience there, Claire, and I'm really interested as well about the mystery shopping piece because I, I heard your story. Uh, you know, you, you were working in Disneyland. You're you're from in, in France. You were over there. I actually visited there myself and my son before. It's fabulous over there. And you you'd family that were in the restaurant business. And you spoke a lot about that. And, and I suppose you were always in that industry and you spoke about uh, the guys coming to do a, a Michelin grade on a restaurant, on the restaurant, your family restaurant and how you're really looking forward to that. And I just I just thought it was really interesting because when we talk a lot to business owners about finding your why, Claire, you knew your why from a very young age, which was absolutely phenomenal to, to see that go through the years, I suppose. What, what does it mean to you, the whole customer experience, I suppose, and employing experience? And um, what have you seen over the last, I suppose, decade or longer? Yeah, I think um, it's all about care, really. It's all about caring for people and gener generally caring for people, not just saying it, you're doing it and then you're really not doing it. It's, it's about putting your employees and your customers in the middle of everything that you do, you know, and it's. You know, there's so many ways that you can do that. It's finding your own way, which, you know, will follow your own vision and your own mission and your own values. And those are really important. And we kind of sometimes put them on the wall because it looks good, you know, on a pen, because, you know, we've told that marketing wise, it's great to have core values. But actually, if you don't recruit your employees 
following your value, if you don't actually purchase items and product following your values, if you don't deliver that service following your values, it's kind of really wrong in many ways. So uh, it's it's great to have values, but it's it's putting those values and really what you cherish with your employees and customers and making sure that everything you do thrive by them. Yeah. So you had a program and I'm interested in this because I, I've, I've, my background is I've been in retail. I was in retail management for 14 years and I seen, I think when you're in that industry, you do see certain shifts, you see certain movements, you see, you see the way the industry changes. If I go back to 2006, when I kind of started, I'm like, it, it's such a different marketplace now to what it used to be. And you started a program in 2019 and it was around the caring service culture uh, leadership program. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, what does that mean or how does organizations um, implement that? Because what you touched on there was the values and that. But what do you think your program um, around caring, what does that do or what does that entail? Well, it's, it's interesting because really since 2019, my, my program has changed. And again, I think the, the pandemic has brought so much to the forefront of, of people. And if anything, I hope that if anything this pandemic has showed us is we need to care. Right. And we need to really, you know, uh, make our employees feel that, you know, we're caring for them, whether they work at home or whether they work in an office environment. We need to really kind of make sure that they feel good um, where they are so they can deliver that great service. So really, it's been a bit of a, a, a switch. It is and it is. It's an involvement. I kind of I'm always I've evolved now. It's been 13 years I've had my business and I've evolved so much because of what we're living, the, the business demands. But it's also about creating new ways to bring more care into the businesses. So from the start of my core business, which was always mystery shopping, so it was always about that measurement, that understanding of what, you know, the service looked like. But actually, when you're delivering that that product, that, that specific service, you're realizing that actually there was no training being done or there's no employee experience journey mapping. There's no customer mapping. And, you know, you realize that actually the mystery shopping comes quite late, should come quite late in the development of your employee and customer strategy. Um, so it's um, it's it's been moving towards a lot more about understanding what people want and need and being able to give them that to making it very much more personalized. Um, and I think, well, uh, last year was quite a bit of a, a real shift on in terms of um, the, 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 the things that I, I talk about, because I have been um, hiding for probably about 10, 11 years now. The fact that I'm a feng shui practitioner. So you said it. I say feng shui because I'm French. So <laughs> feng shui is good. Feng shui is good. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, at the time, you know, I've always felt if I talked about Feng Shui into a corporate environment, they'll look at me thinking, Claire, you've gone totally woo woo, right? What's all that about? You know, so I used to call it environment psychology. I used to kind of, you know, look at different ways which would um, make more sense for corporate. And, and so, again, I think the 
the pandemic has made us realize how much our environment affects us. You know, having to work from home, having to work from a side of a bed or a kitchen and, you know, not having your little routine has really disrupted so many people around the world that we're realizing that the environment has an effect on us. And, and we are a lot more uh, organization are looking a lot more of alternative solutions to really help the employees feel better so they can deliver that great service. So that, that was a big change in, in, um, in, in my methods last year was to bring that kind of feng shui method and blend it with a personal taste of being and blend it with a customer experience. So that's a real mixed, a real fusion between um, the, those ancient Chinese principles uh, with the modern business needs needs really Mm. and for anyone out there that maybe doesn't know really what feng shui is and they're going I've heard of it before but I don't really know what it is um you know I think it's a little bit about not being cluttered but I don't really know what that means in my business can you can you put that into I suppose an example or a perspective for people that maybe have heard of it but don't really know how it's relevant to their business and their bricks and mortar business maybe Sure. So, you know, you're walking in somewhere into a shop or, you know, it could be a hotel, restaurants. Anyway, you're walking in and suddenly you just go, oh, you don't know why. There's something subconsciously who is telling you that it doesn't feel right. So your subconscious, your right brain is telling you, warning, this doesn't feel right. You go in, you do whatever you've got to do, and then you go out again. Well, this is the pure principle of it. Feng Shui, it's about creating an environment where people are going to feel good. And so for an organization, when your employees feel good, they're going to be engaged. They're going to be uh, coming to work. They're going to be uh, productive. They're going to be creative. They're going to bring all those ideas into the business. And for the customers, well, if your customers feel good in your shop, they're going to buy more. They're going to stay longer. They're going to recommend you to their friend and family. So it's kind of suddenly you're looking at the environment and how things are potentially positioned, the color that I use, the environment that is actually created around. And this is what Feng Shui does. Feng Shui is really an an alignment of the energy, the outer energy with the inner energy of of a business. Okay. And if we we were to put that into context, I suppose, if we go into a store, for example, and they have a lot of um, floor equipment um, and you walk in and there's a table facing you and there's a lot kind of coming at you and and is that kind of would you say that's not in keeping with that maybe we're looking at more open plan spaces more what what does that look like from a from a retail perspective from from walking in as a customer or from from a retailer going right how do I get my store um feng shui i've heard it's really good for a customer experience how do i get that right on my shop floor well the easiest way is to stand at the door shut Mm -hmm. your eyes take a big deep breath open your eyes and use your five senses okay what can you see what can you hear what can you smell what can you touch and how does it feel and by this i mean you need to look at the lights 
you know, what are the lights, where the light is going, you know, how is the floor, you know, have you got a wooden floor perhaps, you know, where's the floor taking you? What are the colors that you've got? Where's the materials that you're using? Um, the principles of Feng Shui is using the, the five elements of nature. So you want to bring nature inside. So the Chinese knew they couldn't live outside, otherwise they'll get eaten by animals, right? Uh, but they, were, they knew that they had to bring the na- nature inside. So you're looking at, do you have some wood? Do you have some fire? Do you have some earth element? Do you have some metal element? And do you have some water element? So if you're looking at a retail space, for example, you may have wooden floor or some plants, plants everywhere. Plants are beautiful. You could have the color green, which represents that growth and nature. Then some fire element you want, you know, and a business has to be, wow, it has to have some kind of, you know, Va-va-boom, you know, to get their customers going. And, you know, if there was too much yin energy, you would have all your customers and all your employees falling asleep. So the fire element brings that humph. So you would want to have maybe some lights, some candles, some red, you know, some kind of fire element, which will, you know, bring some that yang and energy. And then you've got the earth element the earth element is all about grounding it's all about you know making sure that things are um are, are restful and you know you've got that that you need to uh, so you could have some stones you could have some uh, if you've got plants you would have soil in there that's the grounding element of it terracotta pots those kind of things and then the metal Metal is all about your mental. And so you when you're walking in somewhere, so for example, take a think about somewhere, uh, perhaps you see some of those offices all white. You've seen some of those offices, which are very in fashion, white, 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 white desk, white walls, white chairs, everything is white. And suddenly they wonder why their staff is overstressed and completely they can't focus because there's just too much of that mental metal element. So you need to have a little bit of that and the water element, of course. You know, you go to a Chinese restaurant, there's always a nice fish tank welcoming you. The water element, it's all about movement. It's all about prosperity it's all about bringing some of that flow into business so the five elements work really well so if you can bring some of those five elements within your environment you have a super good start in your feng shui journey amazing that's really really good really (laughs) good tips there as well for people to actually nearly like a checklist of their business Mm. in keeping with that and it's quite funny because I've seen a lot of um, a lot of visual merchandisers. You'll see they use a lot of plants now. They use a lot of those props in the business mm. inside, and it does bring it to life, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's about colours, it's about shapes, it's about material. Um, so it's not you know it's not just about the furniture that you use. It's the whole. Um, it's it's everything you know that you're using from the material, the curtains, the you know the rough. You know how how are the desks? Are they soft? Are they marbles? Are they cold? Are they hot? Are they you know all those things make a real difference. And and when you go. Uh, in a different shops and you start having that awareness 
you feel it as well when when it's too cold or when it's too yang energy you know you go into you know some of those um shops which you know perhaps the smell is just takes takes over and you can't smell anything because it's just too much smell right you may need to balance this out and then you go somewhere else and perhaps there's just too bright and too much light you know and you're like whoa this is just <laughs> don't stop attacking me <laughs> so finding the right balance between all those elements and of course the yin and yang it's what we want we want a balance of yin and yang the the feminine energy which is all about the emotions you want to connect with your customers on an emotional level you want to have you know employees are gonna use the you know, connect and actually build rapport with their customers. You want to have some of that, you know, emotional connection and using the five senses is really good. And the yang energy, it's of course, it's the masculine energy, it's the neocortex brain, the left brain, and it's all about the analytic and the doing. So of course, for business, you want to have a bit more yang energy so people don't fall asleep. But when your staff or your employees go for a break, you want to create an environment which is going to be a bit more relaxed, a bit more yin, you know, so can they can take a break and actually breathe a bit, recharge the batteries a little bit. So finding the right balance between the elements. It's the same in your home. If you're looking at your kitchen, you're going to have a lot more fire in your kitchen, right? You're cooking, you're, you know, you're feeding your family, you're, you know, it's all fire going. You don't want that kind of energy in your bedroom, right? In your bedroom, it's all about calm. It's all about, you know, resting. It's all about recharging your batteries. So you need to find the right balance. And that's what Feng Shui helps you do, whether it's in your business or whether it's in your home. Um, they're both mirroring your life anyway. So, you know, they work together, which is really, really interesting. It's really interesting to hear that. And I suppose businesses you've worked with that have implemented this what changes do they see happening when they do something like this, Claire? Um, I suppose, what what can we see if we implement this for people that haven't really used it before and they're thinking, OK, if I was to go out and do this now, what impact does that have, I suppose? What what changes occurs or what have you seen from, from doing it in businesses? I know you touched there on that it was more... Um, you said it was more around the environment that you used to word it before, before you came out of the closet as such a practitioner. Um, you know, you said you would talk about this to organizations. Um, do you have any stories, I suppose, where you can share where you've seen it and you said you've seen the impact of that and they've come back and they've said, wow, Claire, it's really changed our business, our customer experience piece. It has changed. I mean, we had, you know, we did a project um, with um, a retailer which had actually a lot of uh, metal around in their environment. Um, and we did we did uh, quite a lot in terms of the um, the layout um, and the adding different colours to it to make it a lot warmer. Um, and not only the customers feel felt really good especially the, the ones who've been coming for a long time that realized there was a change and they just 
where have you done with that? You know, where have you done with it? <laughs> uh, but then the, the staff, the employees were a lot more productive because they felt good in that environment as well. And so it's it's the the, the uh, what we don't realize is that environment, the outer energy affects our inner energy. And so when you are changing your environment, you are basically you are aligning that environment with your inner energy, which will make you more productive, more creative, make you more relaxed. We talk about well-being all the time. Right. And and this is this power i call it so, so this energy is works on a subconscious level and that's sometimes why it's a little bit you know um when you're not on that holistic path perhaps you may like and then you're more black and white so right what are you all about there you know and actually making a few changes just to make them realize that I, every time they walk past and they've got some nice pictures on the wall we had um i was work i worked with um construction company um and it was really interesting because they were all over the place and they they, they seemed to be Celtic they were not never they could never finish you know their project there was something else coming up and, and actually I went into the office and so interesting all of the pictures on the wall were half finished buildings wow and I just I just looked at it all around I just sat there whilst they were talking and I just listened to what they were saying and I said look around you you're surrounding that half finished buildings. Change all those pictures and put pictures of, you know, finished building, beautiful houses and your beautiful <laughs> whatever you've done. And so when you are sometimes in your environment, you're just so in it, you don't realize it's happening around. And the subconscious picks it up. If there's something that is around you that you don't like, that, you know, you're keeping because it was, uh, given to you by your grandmother and you feel like you have to have it but every time you walk past it your subconscious is saying I hate that picture I hate that picture I hate that picture and this is how you know this is what the subconscious does you know the subconscious is here to 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 keep us safe and so it looks around you know without you knowing and then it makes sure that it keeps you safe. So we need to surround ourselves by beautiful things who makes us feel emotionally connected. When you're looking at it, yes, you know, you love this or you want this or it smells good. You know, using uh, smells is very, very powerful in retail to really create an environment where people are going to subconsciously they're connected already so you you know that you've seen what adverting on you know when you go in the supermarket and it smells of bacon or it smells of sausages all you do is you go to the bacon and you buy the bacon right when i worked at disney world we used to put the essence of um, french bread in the air conditioning uh, so the french pavilion the baguettes there was cues all day long in French pavilion in the boulangerie, the bakery, because of that smell throughout the park, you could only smell the French bread. So very, very powerful. Some very small changes can make a really huge difference to your retail business to, to connect on that emotional level. Very, very powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just as you're saying bread without me realizing it and smelling and fresh baguettes, 
you can actually feel your, your mouth salvate. It's 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 a total um connection piece, isn't it? Definitely, I think. Yeah. 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 So again, it's it's you know, I, I again I call it visionary marketing. But visionary marketing is how do you connect with your customers, you know, who are looking at your website. You know, they can't smell the bread, but you could actually use sensory words which are going to make them think that they're smelling the bread. They're going to start, you know, the sliver in the mouth starts, you know, slivering. You know, you're going to start thinking about a baguette. You're going to start getting up and going to your kitchen and start looking. Where's my fridge bread? (laughs) And on your website, what colors do you use? What photo, what image do you can, how do you connect with your customer? What colors do you use and representing your brand, you know, and all those together, will make that connection on that subconscious level. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Claire, it's very interesting. And I think it's a, it, I think it's a concept really I've never heard. And it, it, But it's relevant. I think it's relevant because we, we do it, as you said, on a subconscious level without realizing it, which is, I think, magic, really. Um, Going back to mystery shopping because this, <laughs> yes. this, and, and I'm going to go back into this and I'll tell you why. Um, I was a manager for a long time and I'm going to be totally honest here with you, Claire. I used to be afraid of the mystery shopper. Um, I used to hear there was a mystery shopper out and about. They'll be visiting the stores in my region uh, during this month. And my God, the fear of God was instilled in me that uh, that particular day, if I had a delivery in or... If someone rang in sick, I'd be panicking, going, this is the day the mystery shopper is going to come in and I'm going to be stuck behind the till serving a customer. I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to get that greeting or approach in. I'm going to get a big X in that box and <laughs> I'm going to lose my points. And it was, I it used to be an overdrive, right? And then they'd come in and I'd go, was it me that was working? And that would be the first thing I'd look at after the score, uh, depending on what it is, obviously. Um what have you learned from doing from from those mystery shops i suppose uh i just find it fascinating because i've never i've never done mystery shopping myself i've been on the receiving end of it (laughs) which is obviously you know performance managing my team my my own line manager would look at you know it's it's a kpi it's a deliverable in the business but from your experience, because I'm, I'm very excited to talk to somebody that was that secret mystery shopper person. Um, what what have you gotten from that or what has been, I suppose, the learnings uh, from you from doing them through the years? Because you're 13 years in business. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that that's the thing. I think when I I, I set up the business, uh, my background was hospitality. So I used to run no hotels. And that's when I realized that there was no mystery shopping company on the island. We used to have to fly over somebody from the UK to actually be able to do that. So, of course, when, like you said, you knew that there was a mystery shopper on the island, right? The air inspector is on the island. All the hotels knew that the air inspector was on the island. You know, it was... A- <laughs> <laughs> You know, first way sleeps one yeah. night at one hotel, everybody knows. Um, so the, the idea was to really kind of help businesses delivering and, and taking that stigma of the beating on the head, yeah. like you've been feeling, 
and, and I think when I first started, it was very much like that. It was used as a beating post instead of actually um, making it very relevant, very authentic, very open uh, for all the employees to actually know why there was a mystery shopping, you know, being done and actually how that would improve improve their performance uh, as well as the business's performance so from the the beginning of it when you know there was a 2009 I started the business so it wasn't really good during the recession but you know I thought if really if it's not during the recession we need to look after our customers when will it be you know relevant right so um but it was a lot of education then and being able to really show the benefit of mystery shopping and like you said, it was very much about creating a program which was very open, very authentic, giving the questionnaires to the the, the employees, doing a training with the, the employees. So they really understood, they really became part of it. And then, you know, then you kind of you can then look at the program and start the program. Um, and it, it moved a lot as well you know it's changed a lot in 13 years from you know when I started there was a lot of questions uh, on probably process uh, driven you know did they have their name badge and was the light on and you know those kind of tick boxes whereas you know the later part of you know the my, my business term was a lot more um on the on that emotional connection how did you feel when you actually walked in there um, how did you feel when you left? You know, did they make you feel and all those feelings, you know, questions which are very subjective. Uh, and at the beginning, when I started, we totally removed any subjective questions were a lot more important because it just makes you more aware of that customers even if it was a mystery shopper they still had a feeling if they had been treated well they'll feel good if they've been treating badly they'll feel bad you know so you want to be able to know and start quantifying that emotion and that's where you know the the, the switch and the change within the mystery shopping companies have really um, been driven by you know changing from a, a very objective questionnaire to a lot more subjective and emotionally connected to understand how can you really deliver uh, an experience where your customers are going to feel they want to come back to you and they're creating that loyalty. That's the only way to do it. Mm. What would be the oh. uh, one thing I suppose over the last number of years that you've seen, it just keeps showing up again, and again, and again. So what do you feel we haven't nailed yet? Retail hasn't gotten it right yet. And then on the flip side, what have we have gotten right? Um, I have a few kind of pet peeves that I have with the industry and certain things. But as a, as a consumer, what what do you feel is is our retailers missing the trick on at the moment? Well, I'd have to say the environment piece of it, uh, because I'm, I'm just being a lot more aware of it now. Um, and, you know, I was in Dubai, a big super mall, um, and, and I walked into that shop and there was absolutely, there was no no connections, no feelings. The staff were not engaged. They were talking to each other. You tried to engage. They were not bothered. Um, so. It may, it may just be that particular company, but the culture that you're, you're the culture 
of your company will make everything that you do. So we're coming back to that culture, that that value, that care, you know, that way. So we really, you know, when you're starting a business, think about what is it? What is that culture? What are you going to ingrain? How are you going to inspire your employees to really kind of be engaged in it? And the environment of it, you know, will engage. I didn't want to stay in that shop. Really, I don't want to be staying in that shop. I picked up what I needed to pick up. I really looked at it and thinking, actually, you know what? I'll leave it and I'll go and buy it somewhere else. So really generally caring about, you know, uh, about what your customers want. There's, um, uh, I know there's sales target to reach and, you know, shelves to fill and, you know, those kind of things. But actually, if you look after your customers, you'll have a lot more sales that <laughs> that by filling your shelves up uh, whilst your customers is trying to find things. Um, there, There is, it's, it's getting better. I think, of course, the technology uh, has really helped retail industry to, to get to a much, much better place. Uh, of course, when it doesn't work and the employee says, oh, the computer's not working, uh, it's not my fault. Uh, that just doesn't help. But, you know, in, usually the technology throughout has been immense in terms of development and how fast the, the and how much everything is really into, into um, um, it's what's that word? It's uh, integrated integrated into yeah. uh, into each other and actually helping that a smooth transition between the cells and the 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 the, the orders and the uh, everything together makes it so much simpler so we need to use technology of course but we need not to forget our customers in front definitely and the employees who are using that technology as well <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think it's another way that we can connect with the customers that they're not just in our store. We have these lovely things at our fingertips now, these phones. Um, oh, right. so we're 24 seven on our phone, really. So as a, as a retailer, we really need to be thinking about how are we touching? What are those touch points outside of the business from mm-hmm. a digital perspective? Um, definitely. Um. I think I think definitely the customer experience, I think people skills, it was a study done recently, people skills in 2030 is going to be one of the the one of the biggest areas for jobs from a from a skills basis that people are going to be outsourcing and looking for. Um, and I do think that these play a great role, but there are actually in, in the other side of things, it can be a bit of a blocker when it comes to communicating with people. Um Touching on, I suppose, the the digital piece from from a feng shui perspective, how do we incorporate that? You talked about the colors and connecting. Have you seen any great organizations connecting with customers from a digital perspective um, on your travels or anywhere else? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, there, yeah. there's some incredible organizations, especially during the pandemic. I mean, it's it's gone really amazingly with the way you people have used technology, whether, you know, you're looking at um, a fashion 
uh, they, they, they're on the fashion just, you know, and then you can change the clothes, you can change the makeup, you can, you know, that technology is so powerful to make your customer connected by, you know, with, with you. So I think they definitely the pandemic has moved, whoosh, you know, so, so far forward. And some companies have taken it totally i've embraced it totally and i've gone you know totally creative uh, some big retailers um on the catwalk there's been some amazing stuff done um and um yeah it's so it is using the technology in a way uh, again i think it's about understanding your customers you know if you are a brand and your customers are on their phone, you know, go on your phone. If you are a brand and your customers come to your shop, well, you know, maybe you don't need to spend that much money on your on a phone app, but making sure that, you know, your staff is trained properly, you know. And so, again, understanding your customers, where they are, where they buy, what they do, what they want from you is really yeah, important. Yeah. So that technology piece in there is really important to creating, to helping uh, with that customer loyalty uh, in the long term so that life cycle like your customer life cycle so you're increasing that loyalty and you're keeping your customer for a long time by really understanding them and making them feel that you generally care about them and they're just not just a number really Mm. yeah definitely just touching on what you said there that it's not just a number and We've noticed, obviously, especially in, in I'm based in Ireland, the great resignation, as they call it. Um, and, and retail and hospitality are really struggling to recruit people. And they're actually having to go abroad to bring in people to fill the vacancies because they're, they're so vast at the moment, especially in hospitality and retail. We, we seem to, they seem to have left the industry. Now, you touched on something earlier where you said culture, and it just jumped out at me straight away because... When I hear of the great resignation, I go, what a time to reinvent your organization's culture when something like this is happening, this shift. What kind of what kind of areas do you feel from from a from your feng shui perspective? Um would you look to focus at in an organization around that culture piece? Uh, well, my, my whole business, the whole issue is all about the yeah. culture piece. You know, it, it's about really it's that um, it's a very comprehensive approach to the physical environment, the personal state of being and the, the, the experience that you're delivering. So that's kind of that that is the culture. If you're looking at creating a goal culture, go and get my book and then read about it. And then, you you know, you can look at all the areas because they're all affecting each other. You know, the environment will affect the person, the person will affect the way they behave and the way they they give service. Um, And we've always said that, you know, hire for attitude. You can train everything else. Right. But hire for attitude, you know, sit down, look at your recruitment questions. You know, do you recruit with values in back of your mind do you ask emotional intelligence questions do you ask questions that you're going to personally feel a rapport with or do you just go with a tick box and you know those uh, metrics you know and, and that kind of thing so making it very much you know I, I know it, I hate that word um, soft skills I really hate that word I, I'll call it essential skills uh, mm-hmm. because actually no one can be in an organization if they don't have those essential kill, skills. Building a rapport, connecting, listening, understanding, 
you know, those emotional intelligence, a bit of resilience in there, you know, and then you've got somebody who can do a great job anywhere you put them, anywhere. You'll teach them, you know, the, the professional skills, you'll teach them that, but if they've got a bit of those soft skills in them, you know, they, they, they will go anywhere. Yeah, love that. So definitely hire for, hire, look at emotional intelligence, as yeah. as a focus point if, if we're questioning candidates hire an attitude that stood out to me there mm, definitely yeah absolutely um, introducing those five elements you talked about in your feng shui with your business um and definitely picking up claire's book um biz shui um nine keys to feng shui your business for success so it's out now so get it it's 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 hot on the shelf it was just released last month so if you're curious about how this will impact your business definitely pick it up and listening to Claire and what she said she knows this industry really really well and um we want to we want to retain people we want to create a culture so if this is going to help your culture it's it's a no-brainer to go out and, and get that book mm-hmm. and see how you can impact your organization um I've loved listening to your you speak today Claire um, thank you for having me <laughs> it's been a pleasure to to listen to and all of your golden nuggets and I hope people had a pen and wrote it down and if not listen back again and write exactly. down some of the bits that Claire has spoke about because definitely will impact your business in some way um I'd like to thank Claire for her time this morning coming on and speaking to me and uh, hopefully we can grow your retail organization thank you so much everyone